Hey, what's up guys? Nishan Garrett here with Real Self Empowerment and I am here to give you guys a brief report based on the information that I found at the TASA website. It is a brief report because well, that's just what it is. It's just an explanation of what's going on. I had a friend who reached out to me. He sent me a TikTok video recently and he said, hey, there is this what you're doing with this American state national stuff? I'm getting out of this jurisdiction and learning about American history and what's happened. I said, yes, that's absolutely correct. He asked me if I had any podcasts or any videos or anything that I can send him to. And of course, I sent him to some Anna Bon Wright stuff and some David Strait stuff. But I also thought about it and I said, I don't know any podcasts specifically that I could direct him to. And so I wanted to make sure that I got him some information here. And so this is uh, not only for him, but also for you guys too, making sure that I'm posting on this platform to make sure that we're just getting information out there. Sometimes I don't want to post anything because I'm like, oh, it's stuff that people already know and that's that's on me. But I have a goal, guys. I have a mission and my mission is to correct, help people correct their status. Why is that? Because there is a presumed status that has been attached to your name and it has been used by people to make a lot of money off you while you remain the debt slave in the chateau property for the crown which is britain and helping you correct your status it will help you to realize and know who you are as an individual as an extension of the non-physical energy that created the world and that you are playing a role in this lifetime the same role that you have chosen to play and that or god has chosen for you to play if you see it that way but either way it is important for us to understand and know who we are and you have the power of self-determination which is the fundamental right for you to choose your cultural your economic and your there's one other thing your cultural your economic and i forget what the other one is but your path essentially and so as long as you can recognize and know who you are, then you can wake up to the realization that you do create your own reality. Know that you are not subject to the laws, ordinances, regulations, mandates of entities outside of yourself. That you are a free person with free thoughts. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But in helping you to realize this, status correction is a part of that. Then obviously to set uh, yourself up to be debt-free also. The process of learning how to discharge your debt is something that we are gonna be going into hopefully on this channel and on this podcast a little bit more because as I'm starting to learn it, and I've been learning it for a good amount of time, but when I started, I took a few months, I took a month and a month half off to learn some trust information and learn about banking, which was very difficult, but it was something that I feel is very valuable and will be valuable in the future. With that being said, lastly, of course, the discharging of debt. People kill themselves and kill other people and subject other people for power, control, and money. Money is a ruiner of, can be a ruiner of relationships. The love of money can be an issue if people become too obsessed with it. And what is money? Money is just, it's just a law that is given to us by government that says that this, something has value. That's it. We want to understand what money is. We want to understand what credit is. We want to understand that humans are the ones who carry value, but also that there are lawful ways and lawful means to discharge your debt because there are public policies and laws in place 
for you to be able to do. And so figuring that out is going to be so helpful and needful in a time where people are really struggling. And I think it will bring a lot of, yeah, a lot of good value to your life and in an encouraging and hopeful way. Lastly, to help us win in court. And again, that is going to come through and by our status, recognizing our status, who are we, our domicile, what jurisdiction, what laws do apply to us. Because depending on which jurisdiction you are in or under or subjected to, those are the laws that you have to obey. And without further ado, we're gonna go into the brief report. Now again, this brief report is on the TASA website. If you guys wanna check that out, TASA, I believe it's American, the AmericanStateNationals.org. Okay, it's in the information, educational information tab. You scroll a couple um, scrolls down and it's right there on the right. A brief report for those who are trying to understand the new world. I am bringing this to you guys because I think that it is valuable information. And I think that I think it's good to have on a podcast. <laughs> the first thing that we have to understand and know is that there is a natural order in this world. And this the organization has been organized by the Pope. Why was it run by the Pope? Because the Pope and the Roman Catholic Church and the Roman Cura and those cardinals over there, they ran the world for over 1,700 years. So they've had their tentacles in the world and its land through treaties and through through other contracts that they have made. And they still believe that these things are in order because they are in order, they are still in place because the Pope still has his tentacles and the Roman Cura and Holy See, they have their tentacles in everything with regards to contract, with regards to things being incorporated. Okay, excuse me, incorporated. Now, because of the Pope, because of the Holy See, because of what they've done in the last 1700 years, the natural world is organized into three jurisdictions. The first jurisdiction is air. The second jurisdiction is land. The third jurisdiction is the sea. Now, in each one of these three separate jurisdictions, there are different laws that apply, and there are different governments, and that's about that. Different laws, different structures of government, okay? It's just like three different houses. You go to someone's house, the law and the structure of that household is going to be different than the law and structure of a house of, a, of another person's house down the street or the neighbor, okay? Three different households, three different jurisdictions, three different laws, and the governments and institutions have been organized according to these three jurisdictions of land, air, and sea. The jurisdiction of the land and soil is national in nature. So if you were born in a state, the state of California, I wouldn't say the state of, it's a, language is actually super important too when we're going over this stuff, but if you were born in California, which I was, my nationality, because I was born on the geographical defined boundaries of California, my nationality is I am a Californian. Land attaches to na nation, okay? It is national in nature. The jurisdiction of the sea is international in nature. So anything that happens 
in the sea, and it's not the real sea necessarily, but it can be, that is international in nature. The jurisdiction of the air is global in nature. So you have national, international, and global. You see how each one of these jurisdictions, land, air, and sea, are represented in nature by three, okay? All assets, and I think that's important. I just think that that's important to understand and know. This is how the world has been broken down. This is how uh, court systems are working. This is how corporations are working. This is how land is, is seen. When you look at laws, when you look at treaties, when you look at anything that has to do with the control or organization of people, it's going to be organized into three jurisdictions, okay? And you have to understand which jurisdictions apply to you, which jurisdictions apply to other people, and that is that is the importance of understanding these three different jurisdictions. Now, all assets, gold, silver, and any other precious metals, stones, these things, they have their existence on land, okay? So they would technically belong to the people of that land who are living, breathing men and women, okay? Now you're saying to me, is there anything other than a living, breathing men and woman or animal or whatever? Yeah, there are, but these are uh, fictional entities and beings. So all fictional assets, titles, stocks, bonds, these have their existence in or on the sea, okay? So you have gold and silver, precious stones, that is on the land, okay? These are natural and actual assets. They have value inherently in them, okay? Obviously, we give it value as people and governments give these things value, of course, but they do, there is something to be said about the properties of silver and gold and other precious metals within regards to alchemy and other things. Like they are just inherently valuable, all right? And then you have fictional assets, again, titles, stocks, bonds, which have their existence on the sea. Now, there is a point of interface between the, the, the land and the sea. And this point of interface is known as the international land jurisdiction. All right. You notice how there's you have international, which is the sea by nature. Then you have land, which is which is excuse me. You have land, which is national in nature. But when it becomes international land, these two have been brought together and it is established by get this the postal districts, the postal offices and post roads, which interfere with sea lanes designated for international trade and travel. All that to be said, hey, you want to send something overseas, you're going to need you're going to need to have an interface between you the living man on land and in order to get it to that international place that you want to get it to. So that is the best way that I can describe that right now. But I hope that it makes sense that there is an interface between the land jurisdiction and the sea jurisdiction. And that interface is, it is the postal office, okay? And the postmaster is the administration or the administrator of that. And as a result of this interface, there is a corporate entity 
that is private and non-commercial and unincorporated. For example, mom and pop business or Steve's food store. And these places can interface with and do business with an incorporated entity. Now, for the most part, only a living being can, this is a rule of law, it's not even for the most part, a living being can only interact and contract with another living being. It's just the, the law of nature. But a, co a corporation can interact with a corporation, but a corporation cannot interact with a, a living being. It's just, it's not possible because a corporation is not a living viable entity. It is a fiction on paper, okay? Corporate entities can do business with incorporated entities. And these incorporated entities are established by a corporate charter, for example, like Food Services of America Incorporated. So if you see an INC after it, it means it's been incorporated, but not every uh, corporation is incorporated. You can be unincorporated, you can be incorpor incorporated, and then you can be just corporate, okay? That kind of business between the corporate mom and pop shop, right? The ones that these big corporations swallow up. So the corporation of this mom and pop shop and the business that they do with uh, even bigger food services that are incorporated, these are, that's, that's important to understand that they can corporate and incorporated, corporate with corporated, but living people cannot interact with the corporate, okay? So this kind of business relationship takes place in the realm of international trade. It doesn't take place in commerce, okay? There's a difference between international trade and commerce. And why is that? Because a corporation that is, has not been incorporated is doing trade. If it is incorporated, for example, two incorporated businesses doing business together, then that is what is called commerce. But if one of these entities is not been incorporated, then it is called international trade. So in order, again, for corporations, excuse me, commerce to occur, both entities must be incorporated and functioning under a charter granted by an unincorporated sovereign entity. And it's important to understand the idea of commerce too. Why? Because the federal government can legally, has the legal rights to regulate commerce. So meaning if you are incorporated, then you have, then they can regulate your, your business. They can regulate what you do, how you do it, your profit, your margins. They can regulate a lot of those things, okay? Unincorporated businesses function under full commercial liability and have to indemnify themselves. Incorporated businesses function under limited commercial liability and have to insure themselves. And as a result of this, an, unco an uncorporated government, such as this Shawnee Tribal Council or the United States of America Unincorporated, they can charter an unincorporated business such as the Grand Fox Incorporated or the State of Illinois Incorporated, but no incorporated entity can create an unincorporated one, okay? So again, 
an incorporated entity cannot create an unincorporated entity. Okay, if you're incorporated, you have what you will produce will be more incorporated entities. All right. Why is this? Because man can create and name an organization and stipulate a purpose and a function for that organization, but an organization cannot create a man. It doesn't work that way. Okay. In the past, unincorporated governments have created and chartered governmental services, corporations, and an effort to manage risks. So the United States of America, unincorporated, and remember there are four different working definitions of the United States of America. You've got the United the corporate, excuse me, you have the continental United States of America, which is unincorporated, and then you have the federal United States of America, which is again unincorporated but has not been in business since 1860. And then you have two incorporated United States things that call themselves the United States of America. And yeah, and one of them is called the Territorial United States of America, and then you have the Municipal United States. Okay, unincorporated governments have created and chartered governments, services, corporations, in an effort to manage risk. United States of America Unincorporated or Delaware Unincorporated could create and charter commercial incorporated entities called the United States of America Incorporated or Delaware Incorporated or the State of Oregon. These incorporated chartered entities, such as the state of Oregon. Anytime you see the state of Oregon, that is an a corporation. It is an, it is not only a corporation, it has been incorporated. If you see it in all capital letters or you see it in upper and lowercase letters, if you see California alone in uh, uppercase letters, it means that it is an incorporated entity from another incorporated entity. Okay? So incorporated entities that have been chartered, such as the state of Oregon, were free to establish relationships with other incorporated entities. That is, they can conduct uh, commerce together. And then once they have done that, they can spin off municipal franchises such as the state of Oregon, and that it would be in all capital letters. All capital letters, the state of Oregon is a municipal franchise or a sub Subsidiary of the state of Oregon, which is a incorporation also. So it's important to understand and know this, right? Because if you are a living being, but you are interacting somehow with a the state of Oregon or in all capital letters, then you're going to wonder, wait, how is it that this corporation or this fictitious entity can interact with me? So all of this is very important to understand and know. This is how the process works. And so we have to know that there are three different jurisdictions, land, sea, and air. You have to understand and know that they can be acting three different capacities, corporate, unincorporated, or incorporated. We have to understand that the land, the jurisdiction of the land is national in nature. The jurisdiction of the sea is international in nature. We have to understand that the jurisdiction of the air is global in nature and understanding these we can see how how did the state of oregon in all capital letters the municipal franchise how was it created well it was created by it was created by another incorporated entity such as the state of oregon okay and they 
establish their own relationships and they can create their own federal, their own franchises. All that to be said, here's an example. Steve's Food Store is unincorporated. And Steve's Food Store can create Betty's Market Incorporated. All right. Steve's Food Store, unincorporated, creates Betty's Market Incorporated. And then Betty's Market Incorporated can create municipal franchises, quote unquote, for itself. For example, in all capital letters, Betty's Market NYC Incorporated or Betty's Market Carolina, North Carolina, NC Incorporated. You see how that kind of works? So it starts with an unincorporated, that in, in unincorporated creates an incorporated entity. That incorporated entity can create municipal franchises or just franchises for itself. And that maybe the actual lettering, it would be all capital letters. We'll do another example. You have the United States of America, unincorporated. This is the original continental United States of America. And that's, it, it's a good thing. It's supposed to be a good thing. The United States of America, unincorporated, can create the state of Ohio, incorporated. And then this state of Ohio, incorporated, can create the franchise, the state of Ohio, in all capital letters. Or the city of whatever, whatever city is in Ohio. So it's important to understand and know whether a business is incorporated we have to understand and know whether it is unincorporated. We have to understand if it is chartered and we have to understand the ownership, okay? And so this is just a brief history. If you guys, if you guys get this, then we can move on to our, our next little portion. But this is, this is just real quick. It's not too long, but I want to give you guys just a little bit of information regarding the incorporation and how things are working together. And I feel like that's the least I can give as far as making sure that we're continuing to grow and we're telling, continuing to learn. So all that to be said, I do appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so much. If you got anything out of this, please share. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, please let me know. We are gonna continue on our next episode, learning a little bit more from this brief report and find out the unfortunate history. But for right now, it is important that you know and understand that there are three diff different jurisdictions. Each one of these jurisdictions has a national or international or global aspect to it. And there are also three different aspects of these jurisdictions, which are incorporated, unincorporated, and corporate. And also that only corporations can deal with other corporations and only unincorporated entities can create incorporated ones, whereas incorporated entities cannot create unincorporated entities. So I hope that makes sense. And it's a little bit of information for you. Many blessings to you. And we'll see you on that next video where we talk about the unfortunate history of the United States.